Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Beth Hafner of Sterling, Illinois. Beth will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Simone Paget. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit Season 7, Episode 14, Taboo. She was raped. No. She had just given birth but didn't have a newborn to show for it. They called the cops. This nutcase is a serial baby killer. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on to talk about this not-at-all-creepy episode, Kevin. Well, that does not narrow it down. <laughs> this one! I can't... Not this one! And rounding out our panel is our special guest from the We're Never Doing This Again podcast, it's Simone Paget. Hello, Simone. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming back. You have created a new podcast. It has to do with dating disasters. What is a sign that you're on a really bad date? Uh, if the gentleman or or other gender person uh, starts rapping to you at a Vietnamese <laughs> restaurant. That was in our last oh. episode. Uh, so. <laughs> Non-consensual rapping, that's a sign yeah. of a bad day. <laughs> yeah, non-consensual freestyle raps, for sure. Is there, is there a special unit for that in the police department on the west coast of Canada? <laughs> there should be. And was he rapping about, like, the Vietnamese entrees or... No, it was just a lot of, like, expletives, and he was kind of like a mumble rapper. So, yeah, it was... Just a lot of swearing, and it was a very yeah. small restaurant, and people looked very uncomfortable, myself included. You know what Ice-T yeah. would say about that? What? That's messed up. That's messed up, yeah. <laughs> Simone, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order detective team? Uh, probably uh, Stabler and Benson, just because I feel like I've seen the most SVU episodes. Yeah, I think that's a comfortable pick. Yeah. I don't know if a Stapler would start rapping in a Chinese restaurant. Vietnamese. Vietnamese, anything. Yeah. He might start yelling. In a pizzeria. <laughs> He'd start yelling. 
And tell us who is your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite Law and Order District Attorney Prosecutorial Team. Well, it used to be Cabot, but then I saw an episode recently where she it kind of jumped the shark and she was helping people escape or kidnap their own kids or something. And I was like, that I don't know where that came from. So, yeah, it was sort of a, a more latter day episode, right? Uh, yeah. Where she like came out of nowhere and like Olivia Benz is like, you can't do this. And she's like, watch me. I'm off the grid now. The legal grid. Legal grid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fake my death again. <laughs> so I guess I'm just going to say Carisi because I've been yes. watching a lot of Carisi episodes. So, yeah. I love him. He's like my new favorite now, too. I love him so much. He's really grown into the vest. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Special Victims Unit, Season 7, Episode 14, Taboo. Just a reminder, we're going to be talking about fictional detectives investigating fictional crimes committed by fictional people. So if you still find that especially heinous, you may want to listen to one of our other episodes. You mean against fictional babies? Is yes. that what you're trying to get to there? <laughs> well, some dogs have all the luck. <laughs> Little Angel has found himself a placenta to play with hmm. that leads some good Samaritans to a garbage pile where they find a newborn boy in a trash bag. Baby was stuffed in a bag with these old clothes and sheets. The box was meant to be his coffin. Any identifying marks on it? No, placenta must have been wrapped in that. Sheets that she gave birth on. A lot of blood. Yeah, stains are probably amniotic fluid. A low thread count, but nice stitching on the border. Colors taupe. The umbilical cord was closed off with a bag clip from a fancy coffee shop. That's where Olivia arrests a woman who only thinks she's pregnant. The T-shirt the infant boy was wrapped in was a drinking prize at a bar near Manhattan Institute of Technology. And the winner says she lent it to her old roommate, Ella Christensen. In her dorm, Benson finds coffee clips and bed sheets that match those from the dump site. Ella denies having been pregnant and leaving the baby in the garbage, but Elliot says, No, you're the garbage! (laughs) Before being sent home by Cragen so he can have visitation with his kids. Novak says there's not enough solid evidence to get a warrant, and Finn and Munch can't track down the baby's father. Ella wants to leave, but she passes out nearly dead from sepsis. At the hospital, she tells Liv the child was a product of rape, and she had no idea she was pregnant until the baby busted through her vag like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) (laughs) Headlines about the case attract attention from a New Jersey hospital where the staff remembers Ella from the year before. She'd given birth to a stillborn baby that she also dumped in the trash. All right, so it starts off with this little dog running with something bloody in its mouth. Angel! Angel, come back here! And it looks like a cartoon dog running from the butcher with a string of sausage links. (laughs) (laughs) And so the other person says, That looks like afterbirth. She just had puppies? No. Well, I've had three kids, I'm pretty sure. That's human. Yes. Wait, did you give him in a bathtub so you can examine it later? I got to tell you, I've had two kids and I would not know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. She sounds like one of those people that have been holding on to this bit of trivia for just such the occasion, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and then she's like, yeah, people freeze them and bury them under trees. I'm like, this is like the weirdest. I mean, it's already weird that the dog found a placenta, but yeah. this is a woman who definitely reads goop. 
A hundred percent. She was an early investor. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, do you think any person in New York would come across a dog chewing on something that came inside a human body and wouldn't just keep on walking? Nope. <laughs> Not today, devil. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I would not let my dog then pursue more of it as this dog owner did. Yeah. Let's find more. Mm. <laughs> like I might our dogs, Kevin. I walk with them every morning, as you know, in the woods. Yeah. Sometimes one of them comes back from the woods with like a disgusting deer spine or some bullshit like in its mouth, right? Or a I'm squirrel not- tail hanging out of its mouth because it just swallowed the rest of it whole. I'm not like, hey, let's go find more of that thing. There's nothing better than that. So it's like the smallest police dog ever because it seemed like really good at finding more placenta. <laughs> That's not one of the search dogs you see at the airport a, a lot. Nope. Who's got afterbirth? <laughs> <laughs> So we used to have pizza rats, and now we got placenta puppies. <laughs> oh, my God. So the crime scene uh, tech has determined by looking at the neighbor's trash that... How do we know about it? Based on an anthropological profile of their garbage, I'd say he's a conservative, she's a liberal. Favorite food is mushu pork from Walk This Way. I had it delivered three times in the last week. From Walk This Way? From Walk This Way. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a restaurant in Toronto called Walk and Roll. now they're in new york home of a million authentic chinese restaurants and one of the one they order from is called walk this way (laughs) it is the best it's the best (laughs) why do you keep ordering the same carton of fried pork Three times the same week. Because he's conservative. By the way, how come he just didn't get, <laughs> how do you know he just didn't get three all at once? They had a little party. How does he know what political affiliation, like was one of the the pork pieces wrapped in like a Bernie Sanders pamphlet yeah. and one was like, <laughs> I don't know, like a Trump poster? <laughs> what would what 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 have been like the George Bush 2 bike era, like, you know, a yeah, McCain fortune cookie like situation. Like what was going on in this era of politics? It's like, you know, there was a subscription to um, American conservative or something like that. <laughs> you know, American prospector. <laughs> the other one was, you know, goop or. Yeah. This is back in the day when a conservative and a liberal could live together. That's right. This is yeah. just a point. That's right. <laughs> they had um like a budget to have police being like after an anthropological read of the garbage. Like why? <laughs> garbage anthropologists? Okay. Yeah. You don't have enough to do crime scene tech. Yeah. If you're like, wait a sec here. Let me figure out. Only half of this was recycled. Well, one's conservative, one's liberal. Right. And the other's a slob. <laughs> So there's a clue that the umbilical cord was uh, clamped off with a clip from a fancy coffee shop because I think it was just called Gourmet, Gourmet coffee. coffee. The fancy coffee shop was literally called Gourmet Coffee Shop. Yeah, but Walk and Roll was <laughs> the one they went with. Okay. Walk this way. Walk this way. There you go. Walk on the wild side. Yes. Man, this sounds like stuff that was on Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirts that were very problematic in the this 80s. Is all, this is also an episode where Liv is able to pick up a bloodstained thing of sheets and go, oh, low thread count, but high quality yeah, stitching. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, former Bed Bath & Beyond employee. Yes. What the hell? 
<laughs> I just see her like roaming through the aisles of Bed Bath and Beyond, like feeling different sheets and being like, "This will come in handy someday." Like, I need to analyze all yes. of these. Wonderful hand for yeah. throwing a baby in the trash. Well, I don't. Maybe it was for professional. She's like, "Well, which one of these is really semen resistant?" <laughs> I need to know for my special victim's work. So they go to this, you know, gourmet coffee, and they find Varla panhandling. You can't take my baby! Please! Don't let take my baby! Who's trying to take your baby? Social services. No drugs this time. My baby will be born clean, I swear. Are you saying that you're still pregnant? What, are you blind? I'm ready to pop. I'll tell you from experience, there's nothing worse than asking a woman if she's pregnant and she's not, or assuming she's not pregnant, but she is. Mm, true. And that would all be on me. Yes. <laughs> well, they take Varla to the hospital only to learn that she hasn't been pregnant in a long time. Right. So they uh, they bring in Wong. Bring in Wong. He's not wrong. Bring in Wong. It's any excuse, <laughs> I know. Uh, so Wong believes she has a disorder where she only thinks she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Pseudocyesis can also occur when a woman has miscarried or lost a child. Then if there's no baby in there, what makes the belly so big? That one's still a medical mystery. Even Wong's like, I I don't know, eating for two? I guess? I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What's more surprising to you, that this disorder exists or that we're supposed to believe Varla is 41 years old? (laughs) Jesus. I mean, crack is whack. So, yes. Yes. Even so... Even so. Like 60. (laughs) I am going to be 50 this year. And I'm like, damn, I look incredible compared to Varla. Yeah. (laughs) Like incredible. (laughs) Period. You look good anyways. They think they're going to bring her in and do like a placenta lineup. (laughs) Be like, okay, which one is hers? We need the dog to hold it. So like just for verisimilitude, like just, yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got a couple of Hey, It's That Girls. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's that girl. Who is playing Ella Christensen? No one gave birth in my dorm room. I don't even know anyone that's been pregnant. Dunno. Don't know? That's Skylar Fisk. She is the daughter of Sissy Spacek. Shut up. That's why she looks like Sissy oh. Spacek. Yes. Yeah. That explains that. <laughs> that does explain that. He's a couple of times. I was like, wow, she looks a little bit like Sissy Spacek and she's really good. But that explains that. That's why. explains it. Wow. Uh, so being the daughter of Sissy Spacek means you're also the cousin to Rip Torn. Hmm. Oh. And also the 23rd great granddaughter of King Edward I for whatever reason. Wow. So that's why oh. the Carrie vibes. That's why the Carrie vibes. Got yes, it, got exactly. it. Exactly. Got it. Man, which had more blood? <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll tell you how to work with all this blood, Mom. Okay, she got her big break as Christy in the Babysitter's Club. Okay. Okay, you didn't watch it? Fine, moving along. I read the books when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, me too. Skylar says that when she was little, she'd go into her mother's closet and play with her Academy Award statue from Cold Miner's Daughter. Mm. Meanwhile, Rebecca's son goes into her bureau drawer and plays with her, quote, flashlight. <laughs> I have a question, though. If your mother is Sissy Spacek, why isn't she going by Skylar Spacek? Because I would, like, totally Nepo baby that shit. She's, I want to be taken seriously from my own. I would be taken seriously if my last name were Spacek way more yeah. than my last name or whatever the hell her last name is. Come on. Come on. Nepo baby that. Lean in. Clean. <laughs> Lily yep. Collins. Everyone knows who that person is. Nobody knows, and and her 
dad isn't even an actor. No one knows who this person is. <laughs> Man, looks like I missed again. Mm. Did you know the trial judge? Yes. Who is that? That's Patricia Callenberg from Sisters. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Jury is dismissed. Defendant is to be remanded to the state psychiatric hospital until such a time as she is no longer a threat to herself or to others. Court is adjourned. Yes, Georgie in the 90s classic Sisters, uh, starring alongside Swoozy Kurtz, Julianne Phillips. And Seal Award. At me Award winner Seal Award. She was also in 30-something. By the way, she's now 60-something. Mm. Just saying they were so pompous about being, well, I'm 30-something. <laughs> uh, she's recently had recurring roles in Power, The Tick, and Madam Secretary. Patricia says that she was in her trailer with her sister's co-star, George Clooney, who said he'd just been asked to try out for a pilot for a medical show, and she said... Your career will never be the same if you leave Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he also one of the boyfriends of Jackie on Roseanne? On Roseanne, yeah. <laughs> your he career, bounced around. He your career bounce will around. never be the same if you're not Jackie's boyfriend on Roseanne anymore. <laughs> uh, did you know the actress playing Varla, the homeless woman at the coffee shop? This is a trick. How could they steal my baby without me knowing it? And why? I did everything right this time. Yeah, she looks super familiar, but I couldn't quite place her. Yeah, that's Annie Golden. Uh, you likely know her from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, that's right. The, the mute inmate who communicates with the notepad and who accidentally started a cult <laughs> with her at the head of it. Uh, she actually has a great singing voice. She was in the punk band The Shirts huh. and Ooh. was in the movie version of Hair. Cool. Uh, even though Orange is the new black fuel to her comeback, she says she doesn't have Netflix. She lost the password she'd been sharing with Warren Beatty all these years. <laughs> <laughs> the password apocalypse is coming, people. It is. We do have a Hey, It's That Guy. Mm. Hey, it's that guy. Can you tell me the name of the actor playing Everett Drake? I can. I know his name, but I cannot pronounce it, so I'm not going to say it. Simone, you know, right? I don't know. I just call him creepy guy from House of Cards that was involved and maybe killed a sex worker. It's like yeah. Zeliko Ivanek. It's Gilko Ivanek. Oh. You wouldn't let her go down for a crime that you committed. I'm a public figure. I can name at least a dozen people who saw me that morning. There's no way I could have been in the city to dump that baby. Classic hey, it's that guy. How do you know how to pronounce his first name? I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wondered how to pronounce it. I know him because he's in everything. Yeah, he was Russell Jackson on Madam Secretary, the Magister on True Blood, Ray Fisk in Damages, for which he won an, uh, an Emmy Award. He was also in Big Love, Heroes, Argo, The Mob Doctor, and House of Cards. And uh, he was Governor Devlin in Oz, which starred? Uh, uh, you know, Stabler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Maloney. And also starred? Uh, you know. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yes. Who plays? Skoda. Yeah, so his big break was as prosecutor Ed Danvers on Homicide, but he did not cross paths with Munch, who was also a character on that show. He's Slovenian, and his name begins, I think people will, will recognize this, his name begins with a Z, Yes, but it has the Karen accent on top of it. Yes. So usually it, in the early days, it was just on, in the credits on the screen, it was just a regular Z, but the SAG union got involved and ordered that his name be displayed with the proper punctuation great 
uh, thus introducing Hollywood to Windows Dingbat font for the first time. <laughs> yeah, he's like classic. Hey, it's that guy. You've seen him everywhere. I'm wondering if Rebecca recognized Mrs. Drake. We didn't raise her, you know. That was Everett's first wife. They divorced when she was a baby. Mrs. Drake? No. Is, was she in a soap? Yeah. <laughs> soap actress Alexandra Neal. Five Law & Order appearances. You would know her as Paige on One Life to Live. I don't watch One Life to Live. Poppy on Ryan's Hope. Didn't watch that. And Ruby, the town slut in the soap opera Texas. Oh, never watched that one. <laughs> but I do love a town slut. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, to this day, she's uh, very politically active. Her Instagram is uh, her work for feminist causes and a photo every year wishing her daughter happy birthday. Nice. And nothing else. Wow. That reminds me, happy birthday, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> so who's playing attorney Morty Berg? Oh, that guy. That guy. Mm. Another hey, it's that guy. I know. My client was never charged with that crime. In fact, there was no crime. That fetus was still born. That's Michael Lerner, Oscar nominee for Barton Fink, the worst best oh. movie recommended by our college-age son. Oh, my God, that fucking movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's this arty thing. It's beautiful. It's in black and white. It's horrible. It, it was the dullest it's thing. It's a Coen Brothers Simone, right? movie. It is horrible. Horrible movie. Horrible. Yeah, I I haven't seen it. I think because I just like intuitively knew it was not going to be good. It's not. Yeah, it's no. not dinner and a you know it's not dinner and a movie night thing. You would be happier getting someone rapping at you in a Vietnamese restaurant yes. than sitting through this movie. <laughs> there are literally scenes where wallpaper peels. There are <laughs> literally whole right. fucking scenes. <laughs> <laughs> coming through, yeah. That could be a bad date as well, where you're noticing those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he passed away in April from uh, brain seizures. His nephew is Sam Lerner, who plays Jeff on the ABC hit The Goldbergs. Mm. Lerner got fired from the kosher deli that his uncle owned in Brighton Beach because he kept screwing up the triple-decker sandwiches. Okay. He kept confusing the Zero Mostel with the Red Button Sandwich. Really? Yeah, that's what he told Terry Gross on uh, Fresh Air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you spotted the actress playing Heather, the college roommate who won the T-shirt at the drinking contest only to have Ella borrow it and blast her afterbirth all over it. No. I don't want to think about how many brain cells I had to kill to win that moronic shirt. It didn't even fit me. Well, that actress is Greta Lee. Streaming service subscribers will know her as Maxine, the friend whose party keeps occurring in an infinite time loop in the Netflix sci-fi show Russian Doll. Oh, really? And yeah. as the replacement news director Stella Back in Apple TV's The Morning Show. Okay. Right now she is getting huge buzz for the film that just came out the past week called Past Lives. Mm -hmm. The New York Times calls it a career-making performance. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and uh, this SVU appearance is a career-starting performance. but. Hmm. Simone, you spotted somebody in the uh, in the opening scene. Yes, uh, the woman walking the dog plays the local journalist on Parks and Rec. Angel, come back here! I made it. Angel. Oh, the local journalist. Okay. The actress is Allison Becker in a guest appearance as the Pawnee Journal reporter Shauna Malway Tweep. What was the last name? Malway Tweep. Malway Tweep. Good eyes. I did not find her. 
But I'm wondering if you noticed who was playing the New Jersey detective with no follow-up skills. No. The most I could have gotten her on is illegal disposal of a corpse, a misdemeanor, and her first offense. All right, that's Jack Mulcahy. He uh, was best known for his role in Porky's. Oh, Porky's. You've seen Porky's, right? Sure have. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jack has appeared recently in an ad for Valtrex because <laughs> somebody had to. Someone had herpes, and yep. it may as well have been that guy. Right. Got it from Porky's. Listen, everybody who ever has herpes or takes Valtrex, the one thing they always say is, you know, 80% of people have herpes. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what somebody with herpes would say. They all got it from the town slut from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> My friend dated a guy who was... Um, he was the post, the literal poster guy that was plastered all over Toronto for like the face of STDs. It's like this is what someone with an STD looks like. And he, you know what he, you're getting when you date him. He shakes your hand. He looks you square in the eye. He knows. You yeah. know. And she broke up with him for like totally unrelated reasons. And then after he was like, "I'm really struggling to find people to date." And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> you're what STDs look like. Yes. <laughs> you're walking gonorrhea, dude. Yes. You're Man, it. that guy has chlamydia face. <laughs> Resting chlamydia face. Uh, what burns? All of him. Uh, when they interrogate Ella Stabler, suddenly turns it up to 11. You have the wrong person. You chose to walk six blocks with them right past a firehouse. A hospital where under Safe Haven Lodge you could have just left them anonymously. Why are you yelling at me? Because you tossed them in the trash like the garbage you are. And then Cragen pulls him out and reminds Elliot to use compassion. Overcoming resistance through compassion. I can't. Not with this one. Not with this one? <laughs> okay, what what Craig and one. What Craigan actually says is that interrogation 101 is compassion, and I'm like in what police manual is compassion interrogation 101? I've never heard that. I've never seen it on any cop show, nor in real life. But he says, Simone, like, <laughs> I can't with this one, as if he's compassionate in all the other ones. Yes. Well, he never doesn't yell. Yeah. and But also, it's like, it sort of brings to mind, like, the, I care about dead babies because I'm a dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My family, and I can't be with them on the weekend because I'm here. My favorite is when Ella goes, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, that is a very fucking good question, Ella. Man, yeah, she really... Nailed looked, it. Yeah, she nailed it. You know what a better question would have been? What? Can I have a lawyer? Can I, exactly. <laughs> that would have been the question to ask. But you know, one of the reasons apparently we find out that Elliot is all upset because this is the season where he is estranged yeah, from, Kathy. from Kathy. It looks like they're going to be divorced. She almost got away. Kathy did. Almost got away. <laughs> She'd be alive today if she wasn't with him. We no all know shit. that. Yep. So apparently the kids are home and it's like his weekend to have visitation. And he's like, oh, I can't be with them. But Elliot, you got to know they are loving the fact that you are at work mm -hmm. and they're home alone. Mm -hmm. Kathleen is going through the liquor cabinet. Dickie is playing with your spare gun. They don't want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, freedom! <laughs> they're like, go back to be with those special victims, Dad. That's right. Maureen is being confused with Kathleen. It's fine. That's Everything's right. fine. Maureen. <laughs> Stella still won't admit that she's the mother of baby John Doe, so Benson tries to trick her with science. You know, women don't get their period for six to eight weeks after giving birth. Then I wish I had given birth. 
I always find it fascinating how female roommates sync up on their periods. Did that happen with you and Heather? Not that I know of. Oh, I know. Why, you ask? Because I need probable cause, motherfucker! <laughs> Your Honor, she clearly was resistant to normal pheromones, the co-educational life. Please sign this warrant. <laughs> It's a very strange question. Yeah, it's yeah. a very strange question. I think that uh, me and Simone's periods might sync up just from being on this podcast together. Is that weird? <laughs> How long and from far away do you have to be for that to happen? I know my period synced up with you. <laughs> so Ella says she doesn't feel good and tries to leave, and you know, but she's septic, and you know, which we all can guess. And as soon as the elevator's door open, and everybody clears out. She falls into the car and passes out. I need some help here. Somebody call a bus now. There were eight people on that elevator and none of them looked back. They just kept walking. They're like, nope, not today, devil. Yet that lady chased a placenta down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess... Ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waverhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Finn and Munch talked to the New Jersey cop who investigated the first time Ella threw a baby into the trash. Look, I sat with her for six hours. The poor kid was only 18. She hadn't gained more than 10 pounds. She had no idea that she was pregnant. You never arrested her. You never filed a single charge. I had no case. What did she say happened to the baby? She disposed of it herself. For future reference, that's called murder, too. She said the baby was stillborn, and I had no evidence to the contrary. Ella's father is City Councilman Everett Drake, who says Ella only recently came back into his life after his ex moved away years ago. The media coverage and public outrage is growing, and Benson can't get Ella to name the father, only saying that he's married and it would ruin his life. Huang suspects Ella is suffering from postpartum psychosis. Meantime, Warner has a shocker. DNA shows the baby's father is Ella's father, Everett Drake. After finding them canoodling on the couch, Liv brings them both in. Drake says their sexual relationship began when Ella moved in. Novak says New York, for some reason, does not have a law against adult incest. They can't get Drake, so their only option is to try Ella on child abandonment and attempted murder. Though Casey gets the father slash grandfather to contradict himself on the stand about whether the sexual relationship was consensual, the jury still finds Ella not guilty by mental defect and sends her to a psych hospital. Still looking for evidence Drake assisted in getting rid of the newborn, Olivia opens up to Ella about being the product of rape and understanding her feelings about not wanting to raise a constant reminder of that. She responds by saying how the babies would just cry and cry, meaning the first baby had been born alive before she dumped it. 
Meanwhile, Drake has filled out the paperwork to take custody of his son-slash-grandson, but Novak hands him an injunction. Olivia takes the newborn from Drake's arm and then runs off with the baby saying, mine, 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 like Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) (laughs) So when Olivia brings uh, Ella to the courthouse for arraignment, there is already a mob of people there. All of them on the angry people phone chain. Mm-hmm. Right, so Simone, these people took time off from work, went home and made handmade signs. Uh, they like found driftwood and went, <laughs> I don't know if they went to Michael's and like, I need like colored construction paper and markers and I have to get down to the courthouse and be there for when this happens. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like there was a drag story hour going on. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, I just imagine them walking to Michael's and be like, I need a glitter glue pen that says, that will look good in the words baby killer. And yeah. monster. monster. You know what my favorite sign was? Tie her tubes. <laughs> that's actually, that's fucking good advice. Good, I, the, whole, the whole show, I was like, go on the pill, Ella, for fuck's sakes. Uh, We're going to fuck your dad. Geez. <laughs> like at least use a little bit of judgment. Jesus, I mean, you're, I mean, they would solve a lot of problems. People at least would, you know what I mean? Uh solving the problem would be not fucking your dad. Also, going on the pill, yeah, would solve a different problem. <laughs> I mean, isn't she a scientist for fuck's sakes? She's great at uh, technology, just not biology. <laughs> I didn't know I was pregnant. I just felt something. I find that hard to believe, but yeah. Sadler's attorney argues for bail. In case he wants $1 million. And the judge says, I'll give you a lower bail if you promise not to get pregnant again. That's unconstitutional. I'm not ordering that she be sterilized, Mr. Berger. But if you do become pregnant again, young lady, you will be found in contempt of this court. And bail will be rescinded. Your Honor has no right to legislate procreation. Mr. Jones, I'll give you lower bail if you promise not to rob a bank again. Agreed? Okay. <laughs> That's such a weird condition. And I can they actually do that in the States? Like, how do you know? No. no, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. That's not that's not. I mean, people could have done it and they've tried. I mean, that actually such shit like that has actually gone down. I'm sure it has been upheld places, but it's actually not fucking constitutional. And going on the pill again would solve all these fucking problems. Just and when Ella's like, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, well there's one way you could do that, Ella. Stop fucking your dad. Get the two well or go on the fucking pill. <laughs> it's not fucking hard. Read the literal signs. Tie your tubes. Get a marina for God's sake. She says I can't do that. The judge goes, "Okay, 2 million dollars." <laughs> Look, you know how fast, like, all these trials work. She was arraigned on December 12th, and they went to trial on January 12th. Can't you even say, yeah, uh, I won't get pregnant in the next four weeks. Let me go. You can't even fib? My dad is so hot. He's so (laughs) hot. Remember, fictional dads. Fucking fictional daughters. Listen. Dumping their fictional babies in the rubbish. They were really into each other. They were all over each other. The the deep stares in each other's eyes was really, really awkward. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, my my favorite line is... Sorry to be rude, Mrs. Drake. I just got a little upset when I saw your husband working on a third baby to kill. Did you tell your wife that her grandson is also her stepson? What? Your husband's been cheating on you. With his own daughter. Yeah, I like 
one too. Sorry, it felt so like funny. Twisted soap opera. Yeah. It brought me back to um, a very classic line from season 19, Send in the Clowns. You've been sleeping with your own daughter. No. 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 That was an accident, though. But in this case, they liked it. They like it. A lot. They like it a lot. <laughs> well, the last time you had me on the show, we talked about twin cest. Yeah. It's still incest. Twin cest. Poor it just, Simone. So it's, just, it's whatever. <laughs> it just roll spin the wheel of we the roulette Simone wheels. Simone is so accepting yeah. of all these different, you know, things, all these yeah. different kinks, you know? She's like, you're really pushing it, guys. <laughs> you're pushing the boundary. <laughs> but is this really a surprise? Because the daddy-daughter dance was very awkward for them. <laughs> when, as soon as she said, he's a married man, I knew it was the dad. Yeah. I knew it. Uh, I knew that there was, like, going to be something weird. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to end well. It's going to end creepy. Yeah, and it was called taboo. And I didn't think throwing babies in the garbage was, was taboo enough. <laughs> it's not a tradition. Not that it's allowed. And taboo, you know, I'm just saying. I would... It's not taboo enough to put your baby in a trash bag. Yeah. You know what's actually more taboo than that? Fucking your dad. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. I'm just going to say there are a lot of videos on Pornhub with the word taboo in it. None of them have to do with throwing a baby in the garbage. A lot of them have to do with step parents. Not yeah. a lot of them have to do with actual parents, though. Just saying. Just saying. I just You have to let the actors go where they need to go. I'm surprised the, psych- <laughs> like the psychiatrist didn't. There is like a phenomenon where kids who've been separated, like never grown up with their parents, don't develop the same like repulsion impulse. And then actually become attracted mm. to them later in life, which is there's an episode about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, a trial. The defense asks Drake about his relationship. Are you and your daughter close, Mister Drake? As close as two people can be. <laughs> and America wrote its own joke. <laughs> it's like no, no, don't go there. Uh... And then he testifies that you know they had sex, and then cut to the jury reaction. It's like somebody farted. The oh, way yeah. they, uh, <laughs> the guy, his facial expression. It's like you're boing. <laughs> if the dad don't fit, you must acquit. I'm sorry. This is why it's funny and, and not like, this is why it's something we can laugh at. Yes. It's fictional people. Because she is fucking her dad. <laughs> it's not like other episodes where it's like, it's not like the one where the guy and the mom that we talked about mm. was so disturbing because the mom had been like abusing him. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is on purpose fucking her dad in this yes. episode. And, and then she met him like as an ad, like almost adult. And it is very funny to me how in love with her dad she is i'm sorry i know it's i know it's taboo and i know it's fake listen it's fake it's all fake it is so funny it's just funny you know when they get together she puts like that red like veil over the the lamp to give the color and then of course she puts on what else the mamas and papas yes he's old that was a deep cut (laughs) but he's also he's old they don't look good together at all. No. And the way she's cuddling with him on the couch, even like as an adult woman, seems really wrong. Like, the, I don't understand why the wife wasn't like, uh, this is weird. I'm sorry. This episode is hilarious. <laughs> and I know I'm usually very sensitive, but this episode is straight up hilarious. <laughs> well, she was like, oh, we fell in love at first sight. I'm like, what? <laughs> 
It's your dad. I can't wait to see my dad. Oh, he's hot. <laughs> he's not. Hey, daddy. <laughs> he's not, though. He looks like a thumb that's been underwater with a Band-Aid over top, and you take the Band-Aid <laughs> off, and it's like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And she's beautiful Sissy SpaceX, beautiful daughter. Yes. Oh, wow. Skylar, not SpaceX. Skylar, change your fucking last name. You're going to get more jobs. I know, like, the dating scene is rough, but, like, it's not that rough. (laughs) (laughs) She needs to subscribe to your podcast immediately and never do this again. It's a pre-hinge world that she's living in in 2007 or whenever the fuck this episode came out. (laughs) You think she says, do you want to go back to my place or my place? Our place, our or place, our or our place. place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's gonna think I think this episode's hilarious, but I, like I'm forgetting about the baby being thrown in the trash. I'm not. The baby's yeah. fine. It's a though. fictional baby. The baby's fine. Again, if you if you are a listener of this podcast and you've been here for six <laughs> fucking years, <laughs> and if you're like, well, that's it. Also, that's the Rubicon. Also, the baby had cottage cheese very obviously oh, yes. all over its fucking face, and that was also very. It was funny. also yeah. ginormous. That too. You need to meet him. Yeah. Yes. Let's put cottage cheese on this baby's face. Yeah. Poor baby, man. That poor baby. By the way, do you think that baby is Everett the second or Everett the third? <laughs> He's both. He's both. The twenty third. <laughs> also, this is another detail that I can't like wrap my head around. Why would any college student have a coffee clip? Like, I don't think I. I'm like in my forties, and I still don't know how to properly seal my coffee. You know who does that? Someone who also likes fucking their own dad. Yeah. She's like so hopped up on caffeine. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I can't sleep. Come on. I keep thinking about that poor dude in her class who was like, Ella, man, she was a goddess. Yeah. I just can't wait till he finds out she was fucking her own dad. That baby was born more hopped up than uh, Valra's crack babies that she had. Oh, God. Man. she a goddess now, dude? Is she a goddess now? now. (laughs) That's going to give him a complex because he's like the one girl I liked in university was fucking her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. It would have been me. Why couldn't I get any of that? I used to cheat off a girl who was fucking her own dad. (laughs) (laughs) Cheating on her own mom with her dad. Oh, man. So they're, they're it was like I never knew my father either, but I didn't want to fuck him. <laughs> there are a lot of Olivia Anvils, though, right? I hope you're putting this episode out for Father's Day as well. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. 
our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waverhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Well, let's take a look at the real life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. Plot points for this episode were inspired by the 1997 case of the so-called prom mom, Melissa Drexler. The New Jersey teenager became pregnant by her longtime boyfriend but she hid the fact she was up the pole from her family and friends. Drexler lived in a state of denial and sought no prenatal care, and even with a relatively small frame, she showed little sign that she was carrying. The morning of her senior prom, Drexler's water broke, but she still put on a gown and went to the dance. 20 minutes into the evening, Drexler started having contractions and fled to the loo. After a half hour of labour, the child was born in the toilet. Authorities say the girl cut the umbilical cord with a sanitary napkin dispenser, then strangled a baby and put him in the rubbish. Drexler then returned to the dance floor. After the prom, the infant's body was discovered by the custodian. Prosecutors originally charged Drexler with murder, but let her plead guilty to aggravated manslaughter. The judge sentenced her to 15 years in prison, but Melissa Drexler was released in 2001 after serving only three years. I remember this story very well. Yeah, so as someone who uh, was once related to a young woman who hit a pregnancy and uh, gave birth on a bathroom floor, I will say there are... Wait, what? Yeah, we'll have that discussion offline. Wow. Uh, but there are some commonalities I've, in, the, in these kinds of cases. You know, there's the religious influence that sex is wrong, and so that getting pregnant is even way wrong. The belief that you'll be punished for your sin... Denial is obviously a big one. And most important, I think, not having an adult in your life that you believe you can turn to and right. confide in. What do you think? I think people really underestimate the extent to which young people do not want to tell their parents things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. Kids are afraid of telling their parents the truth. I mean, really, because parents create an environment of fear around like expectation. And try like mistrust where like kids don't ever want to tell their parents. I mean, a lot of kids can't even tell their parents they got like a C, mm-hmm. much less I got mm-hmm. knocked up, mom. Like it is terrifying for a lot of kids. They would rather do this than like it's scarier. It's less scarier to do this than tell mom. Like what kind of like I mean, that's this, by the way, this is like this a horrible story, but it's an unsurprising story because you can imagine a million situations in which this is less scary for this this girl than telling her parents that she's pregnant. My first job out of college was working for a travel agency that organized group trips for high school students to Europe. And we actually had a trip mm-hmm. go to, I think it was Greece or Italy. And one of the kids on the tour had hid the whole time that she was pregnant and gave birth on the class trip. What? And apparently, because she'd just been wearing a lot of baggy clothes, and I guess uh-huh. like her family, her mom was having cancer treatment or something and she thought telling them would stress her out too much oh she was yeah but then she had the baby and we're like well what's gonna happen to the baby she's like oh she just decided to leave it in greece 
Like, yeah, you can't get a passport for that just, baby. You no, know, just left it with the class trip. My God. Yeah. What an essay, though. Yeah. Wow. Well, I worry in this moment because there are 19 states that either outright ban abortion or they do after six weeks. Nine states had their bans overturned in court. But there are bound to be more cases like this mm-hmm. coming down the road, right? Yes. 100% yes. The uh, school nurse went into the stall and saw all the blood, and then found Drexler, who said, no, it was just a really bad period. What kind of Caribbean medical school did this nurse go to to think this was just a heavy flow day? (laughs) No, no shade on Caribbean medical schools. The upstairs Hollywood medical school. (laughs) However, yeah, I mean... It looked like a Civil War battlefield amputation in that stall. I can imagine a situation where it's hard to reconcile what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd rather believe something that's less bad than what it probably is. Was there a knife fight at the prom? Exactly. Exactly. Not to get too graphic, but women can have really like grisly periods. Yeah, they with can. Clump, oh. Like uh, clots and yeah. Well, I guess I'm just the asshole for laughing at it. <laughs> Way to be a feminist, Kevin. Yeah, I'm just going to point out it wasn't a period. So yeah, there you true. go. Okay. Drexler is now married with two kids and said on Facebook, quote, I can't wait to have another baby. Good for her. Another baby. The teen father now also has children and commented on what a nice family she has. And that's why Facebook is the seventh ring of hell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> look at that one. Like, yes. What What do they used to do? Poke, poke. poke. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's horrible. OK, after giving birth, Drexler went back to the prom, ate her salad and then hit the dance floor and asked the DJ to play. No joke. Unforgiven by Metallica. What? First of all, that is not a dance song or a prom song. And Unforgiven. That is not a prom song unless maybe something horrible just happened to you in the bathroom. Oh, man, that's the worst thing Melissa could do at this party. Oh, my God. Request Metallica. That's what they thought the worst thing she could do at this party was. Oh, my God. That's so strange. Yeah. The DJ refused her first request, which was drop it like it's hot. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, That's going to do it for us. We want (laughs) to thank our special guest, Simone Paget. Simone, where can our listeners follow you? You can listen to my podcast, uh, We're Never Doing This Again, which is available wherever you can get podcasts. Uh, You can also find me on Substack. My Substack is Love, Peace, and Tacos. And it's a place where I blend my travel writing, my relationship writing, and just like stuff I'm eating and doing nice yeah and rebecca lavoy how can our listeners follow you you can find me everywhere at reb lavoy and you can track me on twitter at kevin p flynn you can also tweet to us at law and order pod or follow us on instagram at these are their stories podcast our newsreader was cy freighter our theme music was composed and performed by uncanny valleys content assistance from travis roy lily flynn handles promotions All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime. 
partners in crime media. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.